Okie dokie, folks. Welcome to the Roots Report podcast, presented by Motif Magazine and sponsored by Providence Brewing Company, Rhode Island Blood Center, Newport Playhouse, and Mother Earth Wellness. I am your host, John Fusick. Today, we have folk rock songwriter, musician, and performing artist, John Pusit Dart. He is known for such songs as Fall On Me, County Line, and Amnesia. Pusit Dart will be coming to the Narrow Center for the Arts in Fall River on August 19th.
Hello? John? Yes. John Fischetter, how are you? All right, how are you? Good, good, good. What's going on there? Oh, just uh, in a flurry of activity as usual. Yeah, yeah. How about yourself? We're okay. Just It's quiet here today. I'm, I'm down the Hudson Valley, New York. Everything's just a little rainy, but everything's good. Yeah, that's kind of what it's like here now. I was just looking out the window, and that, that seems what it's like now. Weather is yep. all wacky these days. Yeah, it's a brave new world out there, right? Yeah, not, not a good one, but I guess brave is the way to look at it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, uh, is that where you live now? Is uh, upstate New York? Yeah. Well, I'm I'm up the uh, yeah I'm up the Hudson Valley, uh, and I'm kind of like up near the, what's the Bear Mountain Bridge, which is near town near Cold Cold Spring. Uh -huh. And I spend I spend time up here, and uh, you know I have a lot of family around this area. But but I I uh, my wife is an actress, so she's in New York City a lot. But I I tend to be hang up in the in the up in the uh, up the Hudson here, and it works. I like it a lot. I still have a place in Nashville, but I'm spending most time up here right now. Close to Woodstock area? Well, Woodstock is on the other side of the Hudson. It's a little further up and on the other side. So I'm south of there. There's a town above me called Beacon, which is a oh, also yeah. kind of a, a hub. That's kind of a lot of musicians around there, too. Yeah, I've but played Woodstock Beacon. Is, what, yeah. Are you a musician, too? Yep. Yeah, good. Are you a guitar player? Yep. Yeah. Well, you know the town crier, probably. Yeah, I have. I haven't played there, though. But I, uh, Pete Seeger lived in Beacon. Right down the street from where I am, yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, no, I was wondering if you if you knew Robbie Robinson, perchance. Well, I knew, I you know, we did dates with, I did some dates with the band, singing backgrounds here and there, but but it, but it was kind of after, it was when uh, Jim Weider was playing. Oh, it was, okay. like, later on, and, uh, and I, I kind of... <laughs> I did some dates singing backgrounds with Hugh James James Hughes Taylor's brother, but uh, but it was it was in kind of a later incarnation. We did I did one date with him when with Robbie was early on, but but we did dates just here and there, you know. But not, I didn't know Robbie well, but I was obviously a big fan of. Him. Yeah, because it seemed like everybody who lived up in that area they all knew each other. I mean, uh, yeah, well, it was a small community, yes, for sure. Right, right. You guys started out in Cambridge. Yeah, the band kind of got off the ground there. I I uh, I, I moved to Boston after. After I met my, uh, my manager at the time, Don Law, who's a promoter oh, I remember in the Boston yeah. And here, here, I actually ran into Don in Nantucket, of all places. I was opening for John Hammond. Oh. And he and he um, he urged me to come to Boston. And I went to Boston, and then uh, I wanted we we signed we you know did a deal, and I wound up working with him as a manager. And so the band kind of got started out of there as a result of Don, out of my uh, kind of going starting to work with Don in the early seventies. Yeah, he was a big concert promoter back then. He was very active. Yes, he still is. I mean, he's still with Live Nation. Oh, is he? I didn't. I haven't heard his name in a long time. Well, he's behind the scenes now. I mean, Don's as active as he's ever been, but his name isn't on it. He's not out front, but he he's very involved with all, all the Live Nation things that come through, um, you know, in, in New England. It used to be him and Frank J. Russo. Those were the big ones. Well, they were two of the big ones, that's for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What year was that you started? Probably mid-70s, early 70s? Early 70s, yeah. The band kind of got off the ground in like 72, 73, and, and, and we, at that time we were in... Uh, we were in Cambridge at that time. Because when I was in high school in the 70s, Pusa mm -hmm. Dart was a big band in high, in my high school. Amnesia, uh -huh. County Line, mm -hmm. Fall on Me. Those songs were like, especially Amnesia yeah. and County Line. Those were huge songs in my high school. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was kind of what was going on then. Those were the first, uh, they were off the Amnesia album. And back time, at that time, there was, you know, album-oriented radio. And that, right. they got a lot of play. And that, and that BCN used to play, you know, that, that, that format. So we got a lot of air play there well you played it i remember i think the only time i've seen you i might have seen you more and i just you know it might be that my memory is going i saw
saw you at Bryant College Gym in the gym. Mm -hmm. I think it was like a spring weekend or something like that. It must have been the 70s back then. Mm -hmm. Yeah, probably. I remember Bryant College. Back then, you could do a lot of colleges and and do very well. I mean, that was a a whole circuit in itself. Well, that's kind of what launched, you know, that's kind of what got us on the map is Don um, really threw us on the road. You know, I mean, he aggressively just threw us on the road and we basically, you know, started out working the college circuit. And there was like, you know, there's like, I don't know, four or 500 plus colleges in the New England area. So we really did that circuit very heavily. And that kind of, you know, really was a, a building block of, of getting the, the, the uh, band off the ground. And, and that kind of nucleus of, of a fan base um, has remained, you know, been what's been holding on all these years, just I think by virtue of just working all those, those uh, you know, those dates early on back then. Well, and because it's good music too. I mean, that's that's a that's a big factor. Is because you know I find that given the choice of today's music versus yesterday's music, I lean towards yesterday's music because it's far superior in quality to what's out there now. It's it's more honest. It's more soulful. It, it has warmth to it. Nowadays, everything I hear is very cold and cookie cutter and and calculated. It's it's done by committee. Yeah. Well, the stuff that's yes, the commercial music is definitely that way. I mean, I. I think that the good the good part is is that underneath the surface, uh, especially down south, uh, there's the really just a lot of amazingly great music being made. But it's under the radar. It's not it's not it's not the stuff that just kind of comes through, you know, in the com- in, in the commercial medium. So I think that you know to find the kind of things that you're 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 like talking about, you just have to really dig below the surface. It's, it's not just kind of there, you know, in a way or getting airplay in a way it used to back when you know when they were spinning out more into radio. It's, it's it is definitely m- much more trend driven in terms of exactly like you say and and i i feel the same way i mean you know there's a lot of great music but you have to but i but i have to really dig around to find the things that i care about you know right i when i was i was listening to some of your stuff to refresh my memory um mm-hmm. and some of it's you had a sound that was almost that you remember orleans right we used to work a lot with Orleans. They yeah, were good friends. Yeah, John. I, I know John. And uh, you, you kind of have a similar sound in some of the funkier songs. You kind of got that, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. sound. And I don't know if that mm-hmm. was... Was that indicative of that upstate New York area? Um, I don't know if it was indicative of, of, of the that area. I mean, I, I was a big... I always loved John. I always thought John was a really great guitar player. And I and he, he John actually produced my demos that got me launched, that got my capital deal. I did my demos with John Hall and Wells Kelly before Wells died. He was the original drummer with with both John and, and Wells. And so, and we uh, did a lot of work with them uh, in the era of kind of back when Dance With Me was hitting. And uh, so we did a lot of touring with them. And then we also did a lot of touring with Little Feet. So that genre of music was, you know, I was very partial to and, and uh, was always a big fan of, of both John. And we did and also did a lot of work with Bonnie Raitt at that time. And also, and, and so those, you know, those guys were all, you know, uh, you know, akin to the music that I really liked, which is kind of more roots-oriented music. And so John was ensconced in that, Orleans was, and uh, and plus they were all really good. You know, they're great writers, and and Larry was a great singer, and it was they were a great band. They're mm. really really good band. Do you remember a band called Riz? Did you do any gigs with them? Yes, yes, sure. I remember Riz. We yeah. played with them several times. Yes. Yeah, the drummer in my band is the drummer from Riz. Yeah, we played with Riz. Sure. I mean, yeah. that, you know, there was there was. Uh, I mean, we used to do Lupos and all those clubs around there years ago you yeah. know and they were they were they were, they were there and, and jack rich was there with you know the banzini brothers and yep, I know jack. yeah, yeah mm-hmm. it's uh yeah my drummer he always tells us about all the people he played with and uh you mm-hmm. know he's got posters up on the wall in the rehearsal space we use you know him with you know he always tells the story of how 
little uh, Lowell came out and jammed with them and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought well, that was a good, that was a nice era. Yeah, it was. It really was. I mean, things were a lot different back then. I mean, it was. It was. I think the the whole scene was organic. It just kind of. It was. It was nice. I, I like that. I mean, it was like that up until a certain point. I um. I mean, you know, we're talking about the college thing. I used to do the college circuit in the nineties. Yeah. You know, it was still it was still pretty lucrative back then, but it was starting to drift off, and by you know it drifted off and now i don't i don't even think it's the college circuit exists anymore not in that way not not in the way that it used to i mean it's a different it's you know it's definitely a different um yeah i mean the, the entire scene is different now than it, than, it, than it used to be no doubt you know it's just i mean it's a, the whole world has changed everything has changed i mean it's just definitely a was definitely a more kind of uh you know it was a little more organic and it was it wasn't as calculated and it was you know there were more people taking shots or taking chances because you know i mean back when you know at the end of the 60s and 70s when i was starting i was more like the wild west you know none of this stuff had been carved up and you know now it's the rock and roll world is kind of you know kind of become like banking it's just it's all very it's much more calculated oh yeah yeah so i i'm curious um you have the mime kind of as your representation for a while. Where did that mime uh, idea come from? I went to school in University of Pacific in California. That's where I met my bass player, John Troy, out there. And Trent Arterbury was a friend of ours. He was at school there at that time. He was from Ohio, California. We knew each other, uh, became friends out there on the West Coast. And when I came to Cambridge, he actually came to Cambridge about the same time, and he was performing. And, and we, I asked him to do the cover on the first one, and then it became something came, became kind of a you know a fun theme, and we we stayed with it for a few records. And so it was just through our friendship, really, that uh, that that came about. And it, it just it happened that it just happened that way. There was another band called the Hello People at that time. People kind of tried to associate that there was something to do, you know, more than there really was. It was really just our, you know, relationship that we were friends, and so that's really how it came about. That's interesting, yeah, because I always wondered about that. Because you know, for the first few albums, the mind was heavy in 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 your. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Now, your family, you come from an artistic family. Your father is an abstract expressionist or was an abstract expressionist? Yeah, we have, yeah, he's a, he was a well-known artist in the art, he's in the art world and we're still, I'm still very active. We have a foundation now for him and his work is is very active, you know, really throughout the world in this country. And so we, we curate his work, um, you know, and his work is in, in many of the major museums and we're, we're still doing shows for his, of his and, and we have an artist foundation down here that we worked uh, we just were meeting with today and so that's very that's very active so that that carries on my whole family are artists except for me my my sister my mother my grandfather my aunt my uh my son every they're all artists i'm the only one who's not in the art world so do you not paint at all no I, I i don't i chose i really chose not to go into the art world it was kind of a very conscious decision early on that music was my, was what spoke to me uh you know that i was i was really informed more about my ear than my visual eye and that's that was just the path i chose you know it's kind of funny because uh, i i kind of was the opposite i have a very artistic family on my mother's side and i i actually wound up with a master's degree in art and mm -hmm. i do some art now i do photography and graphics i don't paint anymore but i mm -hmm. mostly do music stuff i really don't do art anymore and it was funny because i just talked yeah. to andy uh summers from the police and he's a photographer and he kind of yeah. he kind of did the same thing as well is and you know mm -hmm. personally i kind of felt the you know the 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 battle between the two sides all the time of 
you know, which one was going to be dominant, the visual or, mm -hmm. the, you know, music. And it was always mm -hmm. tough. It was a tough thing going back and forth. Yeah, well, I mean, everybody, you know, every, listen, you know, art is a mysterious thing and it, it's whatever, you know, everybody has a different calling. I love photography as well. And I did a lot of photography when I was younger. And my father was also was also did a lot of photography and he did a lot of it well, that was very intertwined with his work and we still uh, do work with his his photography is mixed in with his artwork and as far as the shows we do but you know it's you know it's wherever i think it's wherever your heart pulls you and what you're you're you uh, gravitate towards i mean everybody's got their needs to do what what is calling them i it was just very clear to me when i was younger that that, that you know the I, I was i was i grew up in the art world and i i did not like the art world at all and, and so i I kind of made a conscious decision to to go another direction just because I didn't like the, uh, the certain aspects of the art world. And so I kind of made choices, you know. I, I can actually understand that because I used to, you know, when I was younger and I was still in college and going to art, I kind of got turned off by a little of the pretense. And I don't know, there was a lot of crap that was going on in the art world that I just found a lot of phoniness in there. And I got, still is. Yeah, there still is. <laughs> I, got re I got really turned off by it. And that I think that was one of the factors of, you know, dealing with that kind of stuff that made me lean towards music and, and away from the fine arts is just because it was just there was a lot of crap and I didn't like it. <laughs> There is there is a lot of elitist bullshit crap that's a, that's involved in the art world. There's a lot of you know very pre pretense of exactly what you're talking about. And I was I really did not like that. And I, I didn't like that aspect of it. My father had nothing to do with that. He was really his own man, and so he pursued his own vision. And I had a great deal of respect for that and 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 the path that he chose, and which was very much uh, an individualist. You know, he he really was an individualist against the grain of all of his contemporaries, you know, he was in there with Pollock and Motherwell and all those painters. He was part of that school. And so I saw up close kind of what was going on, you know, just the way that whole thing was. And it just, it just wasn't my, it just wasn't my calling. You know, I guess that's the simplest way to put it. side for a little while and can we talk like old friends even though we never met and would you trust your words to me and let them fall truthfully can we just talk and would you show me a picture of your sweetheart and your family Tell me about your work and what your hands have built today. Can we sit down for a little while? Remember what it's like to smile. You can ask me anything you want at all. Can we just talk? And aren't there dreams in our hearts? That we both share And are our world so much closer than we did To believe in this life We can shed so much light If we just take the time For you and I Can we just talk 
what makes you scared when you lay down your head at night and I'll let you see the broken me the one who lets his ghosts run free and we will be two sailors on the same boat on a journey and we'll prevail against the wind against the odds you and me when Now you started off as a solo artist and added the pieces, or were you? Was it a trio that was first gained attention? When I first met Don, uh, he he you know he expressed interest in working with me, and then as soon as I met Don, I invited John Troy, my Mike, the guitar player that I play with in California, to come out and play bass, and so he flew out and we started working as a duo. And Don put us on a road on the road as a duo. I mean, we literally just hit the road as a duo all over the place, doing the college circuit all over. And then we, I put up, I mean, I put up an ad in there was a place called Cambridge Music at that time near Central Square, and I put up an ad. And John Curtis answered it, and uh, and we we asked him to join the band. We became a trio, and then we started working as a trio on the road. And then uh, we started looking for a drummer. You know, after that, and it became a four piece. And we had a quite a different, quite a number of different drummers but right when we were signed the band had become a uh, four piece and um and that's what led to it becoming so it kind of went up the ladder of uh, you know yeah like what you're talking about from kind of solo duo trio you know it just built up and but but initially when we started when i started working quite a bunch of the road it was went from duo trio to a to a quartet the original band broke up in the early 80s and you've gotten back together again a few times since then and then you put out a, a greatest hits album in 93 right now, right what now what do you tour with now who tours with you now or are you just playing so, solos? so no so what's going on now is since the band broke up, uh, we're and we're all actually still all in touch. I'm close with all the guys, but we're just not, you know, we're, everybody's kind of moved into different parts of their lives. But I've been working almost now over 20, 25 years now with, with a guy named Jim Chapdelaine, who we were very, he had a band back then called Mr. Right, and we known each other from back then. And he also played, I, I, you probably know Al Anderson from NRBQ. Yep. He plays with Big Al as well. And so he plays with me and Al. And, um, and I've been playing with Jim now for 25 years and he was so i had a band the the new the band that i've been going out with when the band was going out you know the new band was was him with a, a bass player named steve ruse who i've been playing with since i was in high school who i grew up with he's i'm playing with now and then eric parker from woodstock was playing drums for a while but now what i'm doing is we've kind of pared down you know i really like the intimate kind of setting of us like stand-up bass and two guitars almost like a bluegrass setting and I've been leaning on that just because it's really, you know, it's just, it, it, it's really great for, for the songs. The songs come alive and it's very intimate with the audience. So that's, I'm really doing dates now, duo and trio, which is almost like a return to, you know, where it was in the beginning. So it's it's a nice, uh, 
it's it's very powerful though it's not it, you know it's got a lot of energy it's just just without drums just trio no, duo I, trio i like that setup and now do they add harmonies or it's just strictly you on yeah vocals? yeah yeah, and Steve plays harp as well. Oh, huh? so you've got ten albums out? Is that correct? I think yeah, guys. I think that's what it is. <laughs> I think yeah. <laughs> From what I can tell, the last one was twenty fifteen. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. The last record I did was really a labor of love. You know, I, I uh, in the nineties uh, there was a label down there in, in Nashville. At that time, Asylum Records was there, and uh, they asked me to come down. And I started, went down, and they set me up with a co with co writing with co a lot of people. And I so I started co writing in in the nineties uh, in Nashville, and I made a lot of really close friends. And then Asylum didn't sign that record, so I kept all the songs and recorded them. And then um, I just kept going. I, I maintained, you know. The, the, these this relationships with really dear friends down there and i decided you know some 40 years later i think it was when i first when we first signed with capital they sent us down to nashville in the early 70s and i went i sh went showed up in uh, quadraphonic at the old quad studios on the tail of Dolby gray doing the drift away sessions Oh. And at that at that time, those guys and that band were my heroes. Reggie Young was one of my favorite guitar players, and I kind of made a mental note to myself that I really wanted to go back and 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 work with these guys at some point. So forty years later, I ran into Bill Vorndek, who was just an amazing producer, and we were, we got to be close friends. And he helped me put together the record Talk, where we put together those guys from Muscle Shoals, Memphis, and Nashville to nice. do the record Talk. And so I had so I had Reggie and Dan Dugmore and Glenn Morrow, Greg Morrow. Uh, Glenn Wharf, you know, just a really just a beautiful section of guys, and we cut it at Ronnie Millsap's old place. Oh, cool! And I got to and I got to have uh, a du duet with Becca Bramlett, got one with Rhonda Vincent, and, oh, and, nice. and with Joan L. Mosser. Nice. So it was really a labor of love. So that was the last full record I did. And since then, I've been putting out singles with videos. So I've been just you know because the attention span has gotten so short, I've just been putting singles out immediately, one after another, whenever I get them done. Yeah, well, albums who I. I mean, it's, it, you get albums now, it's like, what do you do with it? I mean, it's how do you sell it? Because, you know, it's... It's a different, it's just a different game. It is. Yeah, it's, 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 everybody's, you know, I have a friend of mine who literally had cases of her own CDs in her basement and was like, little bit a little just chucking boxes of them into the trash i mean you know it's just crazy i mean right now you know the delivery system now is streaming so you know and people's attention spans are very short so i'm i'm really just and also you know i put so much uh work into talk and it was such, such a labor of love and it was almost invisible it was just not you know nobody really heard that record and it was just i think the best record i've ever made so you know i just went you know later for this i'm just going to put things out immediately when i do them well know? they're going to hear it on the podcast because your pr person and sent me let's talk about it can we just talk oh, good. and better every day oh, good. which will be included oh, on this podcast i'm gonna add oh great, to great. The they'll hear it so they'll be familiar great. with those songs which is good um, great great so you you said you have a house in nashville too i have an apartment in nashville i went back uh i was going down there so much uh to co-write with with some with friends for years and so eventually and i was staying with all my friends you know my gary pachosa who runs the concord music group who does billy strings and allison krauss you know dear friend um i was just you know staying endlessly with people and i went i gotta get something so i'm just not dead weight around here and so I, I i so i i i got a place and uh but now i've i since the pandemic i got a roommate in there so i have this wonderful girl renting the place now so even if i go back down now like, i stay in a and b because i got my place rent i got my place rented out so you know that's 
So that's the word is now. Oh, wow. You're going to be playing the Narrows on August 19th. Um, right. What kind of uh, set can you uh, anticipate from uh, we, 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 sp we span, I mean, I span the whole duration, you know, the whole period of time. I mean, I, we go through, I play, we play material from the early records and then we go through all the later releases and there's you know we we do and we do some nice covers i try and do kind of more obscure covers but i mean uh, i don't do that many but i try and pick things that are really lend themselves to what we do and uh so it covers you know a, a really wide range and uh you know the, the the guys are great musicians see jim jim is just jim and steve are, are just you know it's a really tight unit it's a very very organic tight you know fun unit so it's 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 fun it's the way music should be mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so you have a song hallelujah i'm a bum and now that's a very old song and what what was it that inspired you to that's that? that's that's public domain i i used to hear spider john kerner play that back in the old days when we lived in cambridge there was a place called jacks and spider john kerner we used to be part of kerner rake level was just a just amazingly great great guy and great musician and 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 john used to do that song ages ago and so we picked it up in the band from him it's an old public domain song that's that goes way back and it's it's an old and uh it's one of those ones that comes out of the great you know book of american music where it's now public domain and so we just fell in love with it and the band started covering it and so that became you know part of a you know what some of the you know the things we did we fell in love with and you also did a cover of stand by me did we did on the third record we did a cover of that yep so are any of these songs in your current set list like amnesia fall on me county lying these two songs all, all those all those you mentioned nice nice it sounds like it's going to be a great show yeah we have fun it's a nice place and plus the narrows is a great room oh yeah i've played there many many times patrick yeah. patrick's yeah, you, one of my favorite people to deal with <laughs> yeah patrick pa pa patrick's patrick's a gas i love patrick yeah patrick's yeah. great so anything you want to add and say say to your fans no uh, no no it's just it's, it's, you know you know you, you know it's just it's fun you know just just as an as a as a uh, an aside uh there you know some songs just kind of have a life of their own you know and you never know which songs are gonna kind of kind of you know stay there and the last time we did the last time we played the narrows a gentleman came up and introduced himself and he'd flown up from from washington dc and he brought his daughter and he came back after the show and he said i want to introduce you to yecha and i wrote a song called yecha and he named his daughter yecha and she was there at oh, the wow. show yeah i saw that song and, on the list and and she showed up at the show and i it would kind of just i was just so kind of moved that they had flown from up just for the show to introduce me to yecha so i mean you know she he showed up with his daughter at the club and uh you know, flew up just just to come to this gig at the Narrows. So that was pretty amazing to me. Yeah, that's that's great when that kind of stuff happens with music. Music, I mean, personally, I've I've experienced a lot of that stuff myself too. People telling me certain songs touch them in certain ways, and yeah, they, they yeah. connect with certain songs. And that being as a songwriter, that that is something that is like goes far further than any money will ever go. I mean, though money is nice, but <laughs> but that kind of you yeah, know, that kind of. Uh, compliment is something that you can't top no no it's that that's i mean i think that's the thing that made me you know fall in love with wanting to become a music uh, you know musician is, is that it speaks to anybody any walk of life and you know you can cross all boundaries with music that's that's why i felt i actually used to cover county line all the time because i love that uh -huh, song uh -huh, that's, that's a uh -huh. song I, I learned in high school i mean it was oh yeah i when i used to when i started playing guitar in high school uh you know that was one of like i was 
a freshman in high school and the seniors were the, you know, they were all in bands and they were introducing us to all the cool music. And, mm -hmm. you know, we used to sit in the hallway before our schools got so tight and, you know, regimented. We sit yeah. in the hallway, skip yeah. classes and they teach us songs and they taught me that song when I was probably, you know, 14 or 15 years old and I've been playing it ever since. And Oh, well, that's, that's great. Yeah, that's great. and it's just like those songs and Amnesia and stuff, those were big songs and, you know, we used to play those in high school. And But the fact that you're still playing them is a good thing. So it just shows you the power well, I, and the strength of good songs. Well, John, listen, I, I'm g really glad you appreciate it. Well, thank you for the call. All right, thanks so much for having me, John. I appreciate it. Thank you. I know I'm not perfect I've got a long way to go And when it comes to making changes Well, I can move a little slow But out on the horizon I can see some higher ground I just want to start climbing Before sun goes down I know I wasted too much precious time looking back at the past and I'm tired of waiting on tomorrow to give me what's gonna last I wanna do what I can do with what I've got till I find my
Okey-dokey. Thanks to John Pusat Dart for being part of this episode of the Roots Report podcast. Pusat Dart will be coming to the Narrow Center for the Arts in Fall River on August 19th. For more, listen to the spirit and head over to narrowcenter.org. The Roots Report podcast is presented by Motif Magazine and sponsored by Providence Brewing Company, Rhode Island Blood Center, Newport Playhouse, and Mother Earth Wellness. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 